and welcome back to the Airshow Lounge podcast. In today's episode, we are going to sort of do a get-to-know-each-other episode um, with some of the hosts of the show. Not everyone is here, but we've got the same people from the last show. Um, sort of, you know, any cool aviation stories we've got, favourite aircraft. It's just a nice nice lead-up to Christmas sort of episode. Um, my name is Dan, and joining me is... Jack. Evan. Pringle. And yeah, so we're going to get straight into the episode today. Um, starting with Jack, as uh, Jack has the coolest set of stories out of all of us because um, he's done a lot. Um, so basically, um, starting off with you, with you, Jack, um, what got you into aviation? What got you into aircraft and everything that you do today? So I suppose for me, like my, I come from a military background. So my stepdad was a Royal Marine and my dad was in the RAF, uh, though that was very brief uh, before he was medically discharged. So I've kind of, uh, at home, I've always seen like aeroplanes around the house and it's kind of like sparked a uh, interest. Um, but I think the the moment that I probably really got hooked was the 24th of September 2014 when I had a four ship of F-15s um, buzzing my hometown which was really rare um, basically on a on a training sortie uh, before they I think they went uh, downrange somewhere and so that was sort of the the moment that then just that took you onto the path of I am going down this aviation route and I mean I think that probably you know it's a nice sort of start off because I think it leads into a lot of your stories that the same sort of aircraft from the same base of of, of mean now so much in your life. And I think that can get you started on a couple of stories you have, um, which I'm going to let you start off with. Yeah. So, I, so ironically, just going back to that date, um, the only reason why I got to see those jets was I'd broken my leg playing football. Uh, so so it was kind of a you know they all say um things happen for a reason so that's my kind of my thing um but yeah i mean i've got a lot of i'd say i've got a lot of cool stories people might not think they're cool but to me they they really are um, all, of us, all of us here they're definitely cool but i think i've got two that probably stand out the most um, and the first one is the 493rds. So the 493rd Fighter Squadron, uh, they're part of the 48th Fighter Wing at RAF Lake and Heath. Um, and in 2020, uh, unfortunately, they had a mishap um, over the North Sea uh, involving a pilot um, called Cage. Um, basically, we... I was an admin on a group and a few of us decided to do an auction to raise some money for the for the uh, Allen family. Um, and we raised quite a nice amount of money. Um, and then basically I had a, a message um, from a friend of mine who originally he used to sell me patches. He was, he was the snacko. And he said to me that, you know, he... And the squadron would like to bring me on base as, as a like a token gesture to say thank you for um, obviously raising some money for for the family. Um, so 
on June 16th of 2021, um, I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I drove from Devon all the way up to RAF Lakenheath. And at half past seven, uh, my mate messaged me, said he he's going to come and get me. Um, and yeah, I mean, what a day. Um, so obviously you went through like the signing process to, to obviously get onto the base. Um, and then he was like, we need to kind of be quick because the guys are about to step. And I wasn't like too sure on like what that meant, but I, he said, are you ready to see Eagles? And I'm like, hell yeah, am I ready to see him? <laughs> so, um, got, got to the building and I've literally walked in, my like jaws hit the floor. I'm just kind of like, wow, this is like unreal. And we got to the, got to like the, um, it's called the crypt. Um, and I'm doing this in quotations, which is the bar. They're not allowed to call it a bar. Um, and outside the crypt, you had the top three. So that's where you get like your met brief and the pilots are assigned the airframe that they're going to fly on that day. And, um, I had the base commander at the time. He was stood in front of me, and he was um, stepping for this for this flight. And he turned around to me, and uh, he said really politely, "He said, oh, hi, how are you doing?'" And I couldn't get anything out of my mouth. I was like stunned. And as he turned around, this really high pitched "hello" came out of my voice, like out of my <laughs> mouth, and ironically just going to fast forward here a few months ago he messaged me and he said i remember you and i was like why do you remember me and he said because you squeaked when you said hello <laughs> i mean it's that moment of the the surreal moment isn't it when you you love something so much and you you get to the point where it's like i'm now here and exactly. and and like I, don't know, I guess it's anything with any sort of hobby or any sort of interest. It's the moment you get to that point where you can say, oh my God, I've I've watched this or I've watched these people. It might even be sport. And you go, these are the people, these are the jets, these are the aircraft that I've seen every time I've come down. And then I'm now seeing it happen from right next to everything and within the people and the group. Exactly. And, you know, like I... Um was just so overwhelmed and like with emotion not in like a bad way but like you're just trying to absorb and process everything that is going on you've got you know some of the guys knew who I was yet I didn't know them and they were coming over to me and like shaking my hand and saying thank you and I'm just there like I've got a pilot who's just come over to me and like thanked me and I'm like this is it feel it felt wrong because it's be me thanking them because the sacrifice sacrifices they make you know i know that some people do think that they go to these bases and they think oh it's like an it's like a free air show it isn't it you know it is very um very real it things can go wrong um mm. but with the story so we so my mate uh called gotter he said to me get your camera we're going out onto the flight line i was like okay this is cool so uh we walked so it was me gotter and snoop and we walked down to pass 44 uh which you can you can't actually see from the viewing area but it's in that combi on the left hand side where the uh top aces are currently and i was 
watching uh, Jaeger uh, strapping and um, Gott is looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh my goodness. And you just see Gott get his like earplugs and just plop them in like really slowly. And on there, as Jaeger pulls the JFS handle and this thing is the ground shaking. It's, it's ungodly what's going on in front of me. And then he was like, yeah, I'll bet, better give you these earplugs. He gave me the earplugs and I finally got them into my ears. And it was just so, it was so unbelievable. Like how professional it all was, like the whole outfit. Um, I mean, well, I think everyone here has got to agree. And I, I don't know whether or not Evan and Pringle both agree, but the F-15 is the best sounding stop on any jet ever. Period. I'm I'm biased. The the F fifteen to me is the best thing ever. So I would totally agree with that. I haven't heard many jets starting up, but from the few that I have, I'd say the fifteen is definitely up there. In yeah, the top three. Yeah, I mean I've heard the fifteen start up a few times now and I love it and I think the only thing that comes close but I haven't heard in person is the F twenty two. Uh once the exhaust starts like howling, but the fifteen still takes the win for it. Yeah, the twenty-two is is a pretty cool start. So we we got to the point now. You're out on the flight line. You have just heard the JFS being pulled on one of the F-15s. What are you? What was what's happening now? Where'd you go next? So I'm taking photos. Obviously, I'm trying to process everything, and like I'm told, what I can't take photos of. Obviously, just. You know, so like no no close ups on the weapon systems. Yeah. Um and my mate said to me, I was like, Do you wanna have a photo in front of the jet? I was like, Yeah, okay. So like I was having photos, everything. I was I basically felt like a VIP. Um and then yeah, so trocks went, um and then the jets sort of taxied down towards EOR. So we're on two four on that day and the the weather conditions were just absolutely perfect. Um, so I thought kind of that was it. That was all I was going to see. And my mate again grabbed me by the shoulder and said, "Right, come on, we go. We're going to follow them." So yeah. So uh, I can't. I can't recall all the tales, but I can recall probably six out of the ten that I saw. Anyway, so the jets were taxiing down. And I saw the king, and the, if no one knows what the king was, it was eighty four dash zero one zero, and it was in the heritage scheme. And I got some photos of that. Um, and the guy flying that aircraft that day, it was the first time that he flew the aircraft since his name been assigned onto the jet. Right. So I was really lucky. So I've got all these photos of you know this the pilot doing like he's called Kong so he was in the King so I always call him King Kong for it <laughs> and he was doing like Kong he was like beating his chest and everything and he was being absolutely chill and um yeah so I got I got photos of the money OR um and ironically this was actually an upgrade flight for Kong he was doing his four ship um and yeah they taxied out and they they all took off and uh they all took off. Then we had two strikes come down, um, and they then took off. And so, to those who don't know, the F-15Cs used 
220 engines, whereas the Strike Eagle used 20, 229s. And boy, could you feel the difference. Well, I just want to take a step backwards. Um, you talked about the the King and the Heritage Scheme. What was the Heritage Scheme for? What did it look like? Because I know some people that, that may be new to Spine uh, remember the, the sort of the Heritage Scheme maybe as the, the, the previous 494th one, which was... Um, um, which was used to celebrate like the US anniversary and then the Wings anniversary. So, talk us through the King, what it looked like and stuff. So, in twenty, was it twenty twenty? Yeah, twenty twenty. No, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Twenty nineteen was D Day seventy five, um, and part of it, each um, squadron fighter squadron painted a jet. So the four ninety second it had like heritage d-day stripes so d-day stripes on it um and the nose was like checkered uh and then the rear stabilizers had different colors so the 492nd were red so they represented the panthers the 493rd had blue which represented the bowlers with the 492nd and the panthers which are the 494th they had ye- yellow which is actually gold uh who represented the 493rd the grim reapers and yeah, so they, the king was the four ninety third one. So, um, yeah, so yeah, it was it was so cool. It was really really cool to see. Um, so you've got the four ninety third story, uh, but I know there's another story you you told me before we start recording that you wanted to talk about, which was with the four ninety two, the four ninety second, the bowlers. Yeah, just to end that story with the four ninety third really quickly. So we had four Hill F-35s come in while I was sat in an F-15C. So I'm looking out over my right shoulder watching F-35s land while I'm sat in a in a cockpit. And I'm just, yeah, it was unreal. I have my photo taken and everything. And I've got some of the best stories and like the best, like some like the really good friends that I've made from that day. And the story, it, in a way, they're friends. It's like I've said to Hannah Allen. I, they're friends that I wish I didn't have, but they're friends that I'm so glad I have. Yeah. So, 492. So, I don't know where to start with it. Um, I mean, so I met a guy who was a, who was a pilot um, and at REAT in 2019. I, I suppose that's kind of where I get to know people. Yeah. Because air shows, air shows do bring the community together. Because if you don't want to be there, you don't go there, do you? Oh, yeah, no. no. If, if you don't want to go to like something like React or something, you, you're not going to go. Um, it is just a, it's a sense of... You feel a sense of belonging in the sort of community. Yeah. And so I was talking to a guy who was, at the time, he was an NFTCS, which is a no-effing tactical call sign for the Fortnite second. Um, and he had two wizards with them, um, and basically, I was talking to this guy, and this this other the wizard came over. So wizard's the guy who sits in the back seat. To those who who aren't too sure on a strike eagle, and uh, he was he, he applied some of this guy's uh, young lad's sun cream, and he came over to us. And me and this guy look at him, and we're just laughing. He's put so much sun cream on him, he looks like a ghost. <laughs> um, anyway, these guys, uh, they then got, obviously, 
Yeah, they, I think they all got their call signs when they went down range. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, on the back in April in twenty twenty two, yeah. So the day after the last Reapers left the UK, yeah. uh, we went on base with the um, uh, with the four ninety second. So it was me and Matt Bonner and a guy called Ian Conway, um, and. Yeah, so Chip uh, and Slap, uh, they they showed they showed us around uh, a jet ninety one three one two. So I'd seen around a, an F fifteen C, and now I'd seen around an F fifteen E, and it was just unbelievable. Like the you know the the the, the knowledge and the information that they kind of give to you, and like understanding is just yes, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And these are the, I mean. As as we all know, these are only a handful of some of the stories that you have. I think when it comes to knowledgeability on the F fifteen, I think if anyone that I was ever going to go to, it is it's you because you just seem to know everything. I mean, it's stupid the amount that you know, but you know, I think you have some cool stories. And I mean, thank you for sharing them now. And I think it's probably safe to say, which was going to be my next question: What is your favourite aircraft? I presume it's the F fifteen. I presume it's a Charlie as well. So. I get asked this question by my by my friend who flown the F fifteen C and the F fifteen E and I can't answer it because the F fifteen as a whole it's just it's unbelievable. The platform that the aircraft is is just it's unreal. Um and through you know uh, I love the F fifteen C, the D and the E model. That and I cannot pick one or the other um and i think we'll finish off your section uh, i'm going to drop you i'm going to drop you in it here as i sort of did last last episode um what's with the hate towards the f-35 um so i suppose one of the main reasons why i'm not a fan of it is because it's replaced the c model at lake and Heath. but also like f- I suppose, in a way, for me, like growing up, going to air shows and stuff like that, a, an, a, a fighter aircraft looks scary when you've got, you know, um, wing tanks on it. You've got all your weapons showing mm. because that's what's going to hurt you. Whereas with the F thirty five, it's all internal and i understand obviously stealth technology uh, same with the with the f-22 and then you look at you know the the russians with the su-57 is it the chinese with the j-20 i think so yeah <laughs> like they are um yeah i don't i don't know what it is i can't pinpoint it but i think a lot of it is they're now replacing what was one of my favorite aircraft with a battle penguin. <laughs> uh, as you hear episodes go by, um, you'll get to know that uh, Jack has a uh, a love hate relationship to this aircraft. I think you like taking photos of it, but I think you know you prefer anything. If it was going to be like a, maybe a display in the future, you'd prefer it definitely to be an F fifteen rather than the F thirty five. Yeah, you you you've kind of hit the nail on the head with it, um, but. You know, as as the way the world is, you know, everything's moving on. And at the minute, I'm kind of stuck in that, like, 
yeah. the tra- transition phase. Yeah. And I think that is a nice place to to move on to one of our other hosts, which is Pringle, who, again, we heard on the last episode, uh, the cast being the same. Um, and we'll start off the same question with you, Pringle. Where Where did you get into aviation how did you get into aviation you know was it a young age was it was your your point where you went oh my god i can do this every day sort of point was it later in your life you know where, where did it start well my dad used to um back when i was younger when i was like two or three he was trying to get his pilot's license but he couldn't because his eye is all like messed up mm-hmm. um so and we live like an hour away from ducksford so he'd take me to almost every ducksford air show like all yeah. four throughout the year um, and I hadn't been to a Duxford air show for like seven years. Um, and then earlier this year I found my old tornado flight stick. Yep. Uh, and it's just kind of re-sparked the interest and it's now just kind of getting out of hand the interest. <laughs> um, and yeah. You know, you've been to, uh, it's more recently, but do you have any sort of stories that you can that you can talk about from maybe when you were younger, anything that you can maybe remember? I know it's obviously looking backwards, but is there anything that you remember that was like, you know, a cool story to tell? Um, not really, but a, um, I, I think I can remember it. Well, there's a, there's some recently from like in Cobra Warrior in August, uh, um, probably the best ones I can remember in detail was, when I went to uh, Milden Hall to go see the Spang, and they had a they had a pilot free day on the Friday, where all of the pilots, including the spare jet, could do whatever they wanted really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think eight out of twelve of the F of the F sixteen did quick climbs right over us. Uh, some of them skimming the fence, other ones just doing normal. Um, but a cool story that I have, which isn't related to me particularly me doing anything for it to happen was my dad used to have a mate who worked on the tornadoes up in Lossie mm-hmm. and I've done a coin flip to tell the story and more I think about it I don't think it's that bad <laughs> um but yeah he used to be a mechanic for the tornadoes of nine squadron uh and he what he'd do sometimes was he'd get little like instruments which they're not going to use because they're like properly broken and he'd yeah. kind of keep them so okay. over time, I had a flight stick, a pitot, uh, pitot tube, and I think I had an altimeter. But the pitot tube and the altimeter are a loss. But I still got the, still got the flight stick, and it's got the um, kind of production serial numbers on it. So I don't think I can track it back to when or where it was made. But if it's possible, that would have been really cool. I mean, it's a cool thing to have, you know, having memorabilia. Mm. I think. Um, a lot of us in here collect patches and stuff like that, so I oh, think yeah. we, we understand the sort of the collection aspect of things. Um, what is your favourite aircraft? Is it the Tornado, or are we going to go something more modern? It's probably going to have to be the Vigan. Okay, so we are sticking with sort of classic jets. Um, um, just because the the amount of effort that Sab put in to the Vigan, especially during like the time that it was during the cold war and everyone was advancing jets in my opinion the vigan was probably the most technologically advanced jet in europe at the time because they they got help with 
America for the avionics. And then they got help with a bunch of random countries in, well, not random, but like a few countries in Europe. Uh, but it was mainly made by Sweden. And it could, it, I think it was one of the first jets with reverse thrust, so it could taxi backwards. Yeah. Just on its own. Um, and I don't know how it, how it did that with that massive engine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably the highlight of Cold War jets for me. I think, and I, and I think hopefully with it still being part of the Swedish historical flight, hopefully you might maybe see it over in the UK this year. And hopefully for you, yeah, you are going to hopefully see it in the UK this year. And, yeah. And... I was thinking of taking a trip up to Sweden because the, their old display vig and the, the show must go on the red one. It's just, I, I think it's the pilot who flew it. He just has it in his, on his farm. He's just got a farm 40 minutes from Copenhagen. He's just got it in his garden. I mean... As well as a draken. It's like, who? how are you allowed to do that? I think <laughs> I think any of us, if we had a big enough back garden, would definitely stick some form of aircraft in it. Oh, yeah. So I think I can understand it. Um, and yeah, so... yeah no, it's hopefully... I mean, for not just your sake, but everyone's sake in here, that we do get to see some of those historic jets. Yeah. Pretty much if any sad product. In the sky... If not in the sky, hopefully on the ground, um, like in 2022 at Riyadh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think that leads us on to the the, uh, the next our next person, being Evan. Um, what got you into aviation? What what was your your path into becoming a plane nerd? So, uh, I think I was about seven or eight. Um, and my mum told me that we were going to Jamaica. We were going to go to Jamaica. Um, and I'd been abroad before at this point, but beyond memory, where I can't remember anything about it. But for some reason, this day when she told me, I just broke down. I was petrified of getting on a plane and flying. So th- there wasn't really a way around it other than her telling me it'd be okay. Uh, but we, ne- we never ended up going. But one day I was off school sick um, and I was watching the TV and there was a show on there called Air Crash Investigation. As the name gives away, it's all about air accidents and then um, agencies like the NTSB sort of going through the wreckage and black boxes and trying to figure out, piece together why uh, the aircraft went down or got damaged, etc., and I just remember binge watching it for, I mean, I think there's 20 odd seasons now, and I don't think there's an episode I've ever missed. Uh, and just watching how thorough they were with everything and how many fail safes were in place, I was like, this isn't as, as dangerous as I think it is. There's actually there's nothing wrong with it. So it's sort of a weird segue into liking the idea of flying, it was watching them crash. It's, it's an interesting story. I think it's um, it's a weird one, but I guess it gave you that confidence to, you know, sort of like aircraft. And then how I know you've recently been a little bit more spotting wise. How what got you into, you know, spotting and, and going out to bases and stuff like that? Yeah, so obviously that was civilian with some military uh, crashes, but in terms of military aviation, it started. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint, really. It's not too long ago. I'd, I'd say at about the age of 16, sort of about yeah. seven years ago, 
I was just out with some friends uh, and some holidays walking around. I could just hear this rumbling. I didn't know what it was. And I looked up and there was a formation of red arrows above me. And I think, if I can remember right, there was eight of them. Uh, sort of in like a, they were in a fingertip formation quite high up. But it was a clear day and I could just see these red jets blasting over. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they don't, they never come around where I live. You don't get much military action. Oh, so that was cool. So then I've gone home and I've had a ashram with my mum and just seen that the, at that time there was an airshow on and they were travelling down. They'd been up Valley and they were transiting across uh, the country again. But they had just happened to come over. So then uh, military aviation's been on the back of my mind since since I've seen them. Uh, and then obviously I had um, FSX on the PC. Bog standard PC couldn't run the thing, run it very well, uh, and then I started looking for military mods, and uh, there was a military wings where they sort of simulate off of Vatsim. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that, and then really I never took any any action into you know seeing military jets go, like going to air shows or bases or whatever, and then when Flight Sim Twenty Twenty come out on the Xbox. I seen the TikTok for the wing for how I met you guys mm-hmm. uh, of an overhead break. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I joined up, got on the Discord, did my check ride, which was uh, cool in itself, you know, just to simulate it. And then ever since that first day of my first flight was in the 35 on uh, Flight Sim 2020. And then just since then, it's skyrocketed. So I've gone to uh, the Mac Loop. Six or seven times I've been to Lake and Heath and Milden Hall twice now. Um, I've been to RAF Valley, and then it's just the more you look into things, and the more you see, the more well, the more I get pulled in to it all. There's just so much going on; it's so complicated. But from what we see from the jets, it's just all run perfectly smooth. And you wouldn't have any idea of, you know, the training and the work that goes on behind it all. We just see the finished product until you do start getting on base days and whatnot, like Jack. <laughs> um, and obviously being, you know, this would be an interesting one to see where you go down with yours. Is What is your favourite aircraft? Is it civilian or is it now something military? Uh, now it's military. It's uh, the F-15E primarily. Um, but civilian-wise, it was the 757. It, it was the any, pencil. Any reason on that? I just, it's just, um, you know, in the age of low-cost carriers, there's mm. just 737s, A320s everywhere. And I just got to go on. I got to go on a 757 once, and I just, uh, you know, it just all sounded different. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, it was just all sounded different. It just felt like there was more oomph behind it. Um, and then after that flight landed, I, well, I did it back then. I still do it now. I'll ask to see the flight deck of every, every, every yeah. aircraft I can. And I just thought that one looks like it's. Uh, 
like this is a flying machine. You know, you've got some yeah. di- some digital gauges, but mostly analog in them. I mean, I, th- I think I think uh, all the seven five sevens are over thirty odd years old now, and they're just workhorses. Yeah, it's you can just hear the difference when they're overhead and yeah. whatnot. But then, for now, choosing the F fifteen since I've seen one of them come through the Mac loop. <laughs> and heard one start up. It's it's been love. I love them. So yeah, F fifteen is my favourite. So I think now is the point where I'm about to get grilled. That is. So. <laughs> ever so everyone's heard our stories now. What is your story and what got you into aviation, Dan? Um. So my earliest memory of aviation comes from probably about 2005 maybe um an airshow that no longer takes place um uh lowest off airshow um it was a seaside airshow and i remember being taken there i must have been probably four or five at the time i wasn't too old um and that was the first time i ever experienced um aircraft to a sense um i think I don't have any aviation stories, but I definitely have a funny story from it. Um, uh, I was a sort of kid when you were younger that used to dig holes on the beach. Um, it just happened to be that I'd just finished digging this hole and I'd moved, moved probably a couple of metres away from my parents. And um, at the time, the Jaguar uh, just was running in for its display. Uh, and this was the first time I've, I'd ever heard an afterburning aircraft. Um and safe to say, I could not sprint quicker back to my parents, except I forgot there was a hole in the sand, and I went face first into this hole in the sand, um, being my first ever uh, memory, really, of aviation. So, do you have, like, any like prior background to that? Is, is there a reason why your parents took you to it? Did they have, like... Do they, are they show an interest in military aviation or aviation in general? Um, it must have probably been just a way to get me out of the house, I guess. Um, because my my mum's never really been into aviation. My dad, he he, I mean, he he enjoys it, but has never been an enthusiast in a sense. I mean, it was it was the only reason he went to air shows was you know for me and my me and my brother who were were both young to get us out doing something, get us interested in something. And I think he's been to Ashes with me, you know, ever since and stuff. It's it's always me, you know, me nagging him. Uh, do you want to come to this one? Do you want to come to that one? And now, now that um, I'm able to go to ones by myself, I think he's now taking the back seat. But I think most of it's come from myself and just becoming fixated on the idea that there's aircraft out there that you can just, that are just so cool. Um, yeah. What so obviously you, you you just mentioned that you don't really feel like you've got many cool aviation stories to tell, but have you got anything that like stands out? You know, making friends. Have you made friends or anything like that through aviation? I think we've all made friends for aviation. I think we all came to know each other through aviation, as as Evan was saying earlier. We we all came to know each other through Microsoft Flight Simulator, whether or not it was through the wing that we were a part of or whether or not it was previous to that. I mean, um, me and you, Jack, we met through flight sim. We started a, 
a mini flight wing thing on Facebook Messenger, and then we transitioned over to what was our previous Virtual 48th Fight Wing, where we met Evan and Pringle and all the other people that you will eventually meet on on the podcast. We all met through this one love for aviation and through mainly Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, and these are the friends now that we've had for a couple of years now, but I think probably are some of our closest friends now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And I think if you don't mind me saying as well, you know, we we as a whole organise trips to make sure that we try and see people when we go mm. to bases. Yeah. I think it was only, it was, what, in, only in October this year that we had our last sort of one for this year where we all met up. Some of us, you know, some of us are lucky to live close. For me, I'm driving two and a half hours down. I think, you know, some of the people are driving even further than that. And we all made efforts to try and, to try and get there at the same time for at least a couple of days period where we can sort of see each other. And I think, I think it's, it's nice to be sort of part of the a community now that we think, and I think we, we have always had these chats and this is how we made the, the podcast. You know, we always had these chats about air shows and stuff and on, or what's going here. And, Oh, that's a really cool catch or, you know, and I think that's why we just want to share that love that we've gathered over time and creating this little community of people that just love aviation and love air shows and everything to do with it and and that is what nicely obviously this podcast is is meant to be in the future uh totally totally agree with you um so hard question what is your favorite aircraft and why um if you asked me 2015 or prior I would have said the Vulcan um, because that aircraft is just a magnificent aircraft. I think, you know, when you've got a bomber that's got a, uh, an actual flight stick rather than a yoke, I think it says everything about it. Um, but if we're going now, now's a hard one. Now's a hard one because I could conform and I could say the F-15 and go with everyone else. But I don't know whether or not to go with something different because the grip, I'll be honest, the Gripen has always had a really special place in my heart i don't know why every time i see one get announced at like ria or an air show or something like when it must be in cosford in 2019 or it might be a bit earlier than that but it would have been 2022 and there was a gripping announcement i was just like oh that's great so I, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna go away from the conformity and i'm gonna go gripping nice i've i've got a, i've actually just thought of a question for everyone and I, I hope i hope you don't mind me me asking this um I'll, I'll give you all sort of 30 seconds each and I'm going to come to Evan first. Um, what is one aircraft from the past that you Ooh. would love to have seen? Ooh. <laughs> from the I mean, past. I've got mine. If you need to go, I can go. Yeah, ahead. go ahead then. Um, it's got to be the English Electric Lightning for me. It's got to be. It's just, That's it's a just... very good shout. It's two rocket engines strapped with a bit of wings, and you put a person on top of it, and that's that's a that's a plane. I think that'd be so cool to see. And it's a shame that we don't have something similar to the three dish historical flight that could fly that sort of aircraft in the UK. But definitely, I've got to go back and see. I'd go and see back a, a Lightning. Yeah. Uh, so, previous aircraft, I'm gonna have to go with, and I know it's not uh, it's not too long ago, but I missed it from the time I got into 
military aviation is the uh, tornado. I know there's still a couple out there, but I, I, I never got to see one. I think the RAF retired them in 2019, and I started hitting up the Mac loop in 2020, late 2020 or early 2021, so I missed that. Damn, you missed out on a very, very yeah. good aircraft. Yeah. Pringle, how about yourself? I mean, there's so many to choose from, and this is going to be one of those things where I say an answer now, and I'm going to think of a way better one later. Um, but I'm going to have to say the Hawker Hunter, probably. Uh, preferably the Swiss one, because some of the liveries that the Swiss put on their Hawker Hunter was absolutely amazing. They're restoring one now, um, which... Hopefully, in a couple of years, we'll be back flying and doing displays. Um, but yeah, I'd, I've only seen that thing fly once, and that was at Duxford at an air show. Because what I did recently was I went back to all the years I went to Duxford and I tried to find what aircraft I've seen, but I might not remember. And the Hawker Hunter was one of them in a special kind of sunset livery. I think that takes me back to talk about Hawker Hunters. They must have, I don't know what year, it'd been one of the Waddington air shows. And they had like six, seven or eight Hawker Hunters all doing sort of formation passes and ah, mm. uh, take takes you back to some of the air shows and what we what we used to have and I think you know, um, what well, hopefully maybe in the future even if it's just one one or two, you know, displays in the future of a Hawker Hunter or something like that. I think that would be that'd be cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd totally agree. But. I think there is so many to choose from uh, of mm. previous aircraft. Like it's local to Jack now at Milden Hall, but obviously we're a few decades out where they used to house the SR seventy one at Milden Hall. I think. Yeah, uh, so I was. Go- <clears throat> I I kind of have four. <laughs> oh, here we go. But I oh. would. So one of them was SR seventy one. The 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 other one is an F fourteen. Oh, shout. Then, I know they're still flying, but an F-117 would have been awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, And then, do you know what? I only saw it once, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd kind of been born a few years earlier, but Concorde. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think now you, now you start listening through things, it's like, now you start changing your opinion, I think. There's so many things that I'd love to go back and see. But I think that's now what makes me appreciate what I'm seeing now. Um, and what, you know, in the future when the F-16's gone or becomes a rarity, you know, we're seeing so many F-16 displays now. It's And just cherish what we've got now because we, we can see them now. And it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, the majority of what we see now are... Uh, the F-15 is the the airframes. Is it fifty one, fifty two years old? F-16, same. Um, yeah, they're all, they're all old. They're all getting there. It'll be to the point where people wish they could have seen what we see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that reminiscing sort of back is a nice way to end the second episode of the Airshow Lounge pod Lounge podcast. Saying it wrong already. Um, the look forward sort of to the new year. I think this is gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a, a massive year for us. 
Um, and I think I will put a little bit of a teaser. Um, the net, the first episode, hopefully, that we publish in the new year um, is going to be one hell of an episode. And I'm going to leave that there and let you all ponder on what that might be. Um, and to that, I hope whoever's listened to this, if it's before Christmas, have a really good Christmas. Uh, if it's after Christmas, I hope you had a really good Christmas and a festive period. I hope that um, we get to see some of you uh, in air shows all around the UK. And even if some of us go abroad next year. Um, so, yeah, have a Merry Christmas. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas.